Let's continue our coverage of Big 12 basketball. We welcome into the program from the uh, podcast Locked on Horn Frogs. We say good morning to Stephen Simcox. Stephen, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. I was uh, enjoying the Cowboys discussion in the last segment. And yeah, Dickey's Arena sounds like a place that Ward might have visited a lot in his younger days. So I'm excited <laughs> for you guys to get up to Fort Worth. <laughs> so, so your frogs are going to open up in San Diego against uh, Seton Hall. And, and just your overall thoughts and impressions of, of what TCU was able to get accomplished, particularly in the second half of the season. Right, yeah, they had some huge wins. I really thought um, earlier this year they were pretty much done. They had some bad losses to, like, Iowa State at home. And, you know, even that last game of the season, they lost to West Virginia. But in between that, they picked up some big upsets against Kansas and Texas Tech. They were able to come back and beat Texas in the Big 12 tournament. Um, you know, some of, their, some of their bigger guys on the inside, like Eddie Lampkin and Emmanuel Miller, really started to come on as the year uh, progressed. But, it earned them, a, you know, a chance to play in the first round. They're going to have to wait a while. They're the last game on Friday about 9 p.m. Central time. But um, exciting for this program to get back to the big dance. You know, it's not a place they've been very often. And they'll get a chance against uh, a good Seton Hall team to get a victory. And they haven't won a tournament game since 1987. So, big opportunity for them. It would be a huge step for uh, TC basketball if they could find a way to just get to the round of 32 and beat Seton Hall on Friday night. What kind of matchup is Seton Hall for the Frogs, Stephen? Yeah, they're pretty similar teams. I mean, they, they have similar resumes, and they've both got some big upset wins this year. Seton Hall beat Michigan and Texas in non-conference play, and then held their own pretty well in a um, tough conference in its own right with the Big East that they play in. Um, they both defend really well. Uh, TCU, they turn the ball over way too much. I mean, that's going to be a huge key. Seton Hall struggles a sport at times, so especially those live ball turnovers. You cannot give Seton Hall easy points. And then um, Seton Hall's a big team. they got a seven-footer in the middle, Ike Abadger. they also got a couple guys on the inside that are 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, so TCU's rebounded the ball well all year long. And they've actually only been out-rebounded five times this year, and they're one and four in those games. So um, it's going to be a huge emphasis to hit the glass, uh, make sure they hold their own there, and then take care of the basketball. But, yeah, these are pretty similar teams, I think. Uh, the team that is able to, you know, play their style, defend well, and um, be efficient on offense is going to be the key here. But it should be a pretty even matchup. Simi, in your mind, which Big 12 team is posed to make the uh, deepest run? Yeah, that's a good question, Garrett. I mean, I, I like where KU and Baylor are in the one line, obviously. Um, you know, I don't have Kansas' region right in front of me right now, but I loved how they closed the year. It seems like. You know, getting Remy Martin in the lineup a little bit has helped them. But um, I think both of those teams, like Baylor, I know they haven't been healthy all year long, but they have so much experience. A bunch of guys uh, on that national title team that are back this year, I think in some ways they've kind of been waiting for this part of the season, right? Like just get me to March where these games really matter. Um, outside of those two, you know, I think Texas Tech is obviously a team that could be a sleeper there. Um, as a three, like they're tough-minded. They play good defense. That's always going to travel well in any game. Uh, but those are the three that come to mind. I mean, I think Texas, Iowa State, TCU, they can maybe pull off a, an upset here and there. But, yeah, KU and Baylor are the teams that are poised to, to make the biggest run in my mind. Let's go the other direction. A lot of conversation, and there always is, about, uh, you know, those three or four, five, six teams 
that uh, got left out and, and, and believed that their resume was good enough to get in. Uh, does Oklahoma or A&M in our part of the world have an argument, in, in your opinion? I think A&M does, Tom. I mean, I saw Buzz Williams, and I didn't watch the whole seven minutes of him kind of making the case last night. I thought it was strange that he waited until after they played Alcorn State and the NIT to lay that out, but I don't know what their media availability schedule is, so I'm not sure if that was the first time he had had a chance to speak with the media since Selection Sunday. Uh, anyway, though, I mean, they had a nice run in the SEC tournament. They went 500 in league play. Feels like they probably should have gotten in. Um, I know that they felt like they were probably in after making a run to the title game, and I, I don't think losing to Tennessee should have really hurt them. But, um, oh, you, I, I didn't really see it. I, I feel like, you know, Paul Moses is a good coach. I think he'll get that uh, program rolling sooner rather than later. But um, they had some tough losses this year. I know they ended the season on a nice little win streak. But, honestly, other than that win against Texas Tech in the regular season, I can't really think of um, some huge, like, resume stamp wins they had. I know they had a uh, fairly difficult non-conference schedule and handled that pretty well, but uh, I, I didn't really have a gripe with OU getting left out. And I think, you know, a and I'm not sure if they would have made a run, but it did feel like they were one of the best 68 teams in the country going into Selection Sunday. About six days away from spring practice uh, under the new head coach Dykes there at TCU. First time in 20 years. They've had a new spring with a new guy at the helm. Are you more interested in what he does with this offense and what they might look like or what Coach uh, Gillespie does with the defense? I'm actually more interested in the offense. Uh, you know, I think the defense, uh, Coach Gillespie's obviously bringing a slightly different scheme there, but I feel like a lot of the principles will be the same. They're going to try to get after people, be aggressive, uh, be a hard-nosed physical team. Offensively, I just want to know, like, what is Sonny Dykes like about the talent he has? I know they have some really talented skill guys. Quentin Johnson, a local kid um, from Temple. You know, Darius Davis and Tay Barber, some really speedy guys in the slot. They have a good stable of running backs. And then at quarterback, I, I don't know what direction they'll go. You know, Max Duggan has been a starter for a couple seasons now. Um, Max doesn't really seem to fit the prototypical air raid type of scheme that Sonny likes to run. So I don't know if he moves on to Chandler Morris. I'm not sure if. Maybe there's another um, person who enters that quarterback room after spring practice. But, yeah, Ward, I'm, I'm most interested in what Sonny can do with that offense because that's his side of the ball. That's what he hangs his hat on. And um, Jeremiah Donati made a point. Like he said, they wanted an offensive-minded coach. So they're trying to go a different direction. And if that offense can't get going pretty fast, then – I feel like people are going to get restless in Fort Worth. What about the opportunity for Quentin Johnson this spring to maybe be even more of a showcase with that offense? I think he's going to get plenty of opportunities to get the ball. I mean, that was sort of the frustration for him last year that just wasn't always consistent. They couldn't find ways to give him the football. I imagine that Sonny Lakes has some good ideas on how to do that. But, I mean, he's a monster in one-on-one situations that, um, you know, his ability to go up and get those 50-50 balls is really what separates him in my mind. So I hope they give uh, Q opportunities to do that. And, uh, yeah, it could be a huge year for him. I, I want to see Ward, you know, there was a lot of buzz last year and that, hey, he's going to be a guy that um, after his junior season is going to be off to the NFL. And I would love that for him if it happens. Um, and I see the potential there, but the production just hasn't always been as consistent as you would like it to be. So, I think that's the big key for Quentin Johnson is can he be a factor in every single game this year? Because there were some high highs and some low lows, 
in a sophomore campaign. Simi, what are your thoughts on uh, Anthony Jones and what he's going to bring to that running back room coming over from Memphis? Well, he's got a good resume of uh, coaching some NFL guys. Garrett, you know, Darnell uh, Washington, um, Tony Pollard, he's uh, with the Cowboys, obviously. Kenneth Gainwell. There's been a good uh, stable of running backs that came over from Memphis. He's known as a good recruiter in the Tennessee area, so they'll have to shift that to Texas now. Um, but he was also up for that L.A. Rams job that Rashad Samples got. So uh, he's well-respected in the industry. I think it was a good hire. Um, you know, running backs, like, that's a, a, a position that you need the guys to protect the football. You need them to be ready to rock and roll. Um, and I think he's got some talent there. So I would expect him to do a good job. Obviously, he's filling a big hole. Samples was kind of like their lead recruiter. Um, and he's coming into a new situation. But uh, I, I think they'll expect him to, you know, have a lot of energy and try to connect with uh, young men in Texas really well. Talking with Stephen Simcox, the uh, podcast is locked on Horn Frogs, and, and Stephen, uh, we've talked a lot of basketball, obviously, and f- spring football coming up. But uh, coming up Friday is the start of Big Twelve baseball, like football, like basketball. This is going to be another deep and c- very competitive league. Yeah, I think it's time. You know, I mean, Texas. I know they're kind of in a, a, a tough rut right now, but um, they've been the consensus number one or two team all year long. Tech's obviously doing some good things. Um, they, I think they scored like 28 runs last night against New Mexico. Had, had 300 yards of offense. <laughs> My goodness. I think New Mexico needs to stop answering the phone. I feel like every time <laughs> those four guys go out to Lubbock, they give up like 20-plus runs. Um, but, no, yeah, nice to, nice to take to invite like a 15-U team to play on Tuesday night uh, there at their stadium. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a tough conference. And um, I feel like it'll probably get lost a little bit because you laid out, Tom, there's a lot going on right now. And, obviously, like, everybody's really focused on the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. But this Baylor-TCU series, in my mind, is a big one because I think both these teams have been somewhat inconsistent this year. You know, TCU dropped the series to Kentucky. Baylor got swept by Maryland in the opening uh, series of the year at home. And they've also, like, had some nice wins. But I think both those teams feel like if some things break their way and, and go right, they could also be a factor in the Big 12 championship race. Um, so we'll get, I mean, we'll get to see that in Waco. And I, I feel like Friday night is going to be a big contest because Tyler Thomas is really good. TCU struggles against left-handed pitching. So if the Frogs can find a way to scrap out a win on Friday, then they'll be in pretty good shape. Um, if they don't and it kind of holds serve, then we'll see what happens on Saturday and Sunday. But yeah, I think it's a fascinating conference matchup in Waco this weekend because uh, both those teams want to be a factor in the Big 12 race, and um, they're obviously facing each other, and they need to set the conference season off strong. Steven, do the Cowboys land Von Miller? I don't know, man. I mean, like they don't, that doesn't seem to be their MO, right? I don't understand. Like, Steven Jones, I feel like he – like, they're the Dallas Cowboys, and they're operating like the Oakland A's. Like, I saw that they low-balled DeMarcus Lawrence. You know, they kind of got cute with the contract language with Randy Gregory. I just don't understand why this team is so concerned about uh, the salary cap. I don't I don't get what direction they're going. Um, I didn't have a huge issue with them letting Amari Cooper walk. I just don't understand why they turned around and gave Michael Gallup a ton of money when, you know, all due respect to Michael, like, he's been a guy that's been unavailable a lot with, with, uh, with the injuries. So, I think they'll end up with a veteran pass rusher. I would be kind of surprised if it's fun. So I feel like he'll end up being out of their price range. 
Um, but, yeah, it's been a rough week for them. They're revamping this offensive line, too. Uh, they got a lot of work to do. And, and all that being said, like, Zeke Elliott's still just kind of bopping along, and that contract just looks worse and worse by the year one because I, I think he has declined a little bit, but also just because they don't use him like a workhorse Bill Cow running back anymore. So I don't really get the direction they're going right now. Steven, plenty to talk about on the podcast. What do you got coming up? Yeah, we'll have a preview of, uh, you know, obviously the Seton Hall game coming up Friday and then potentially uh, a matchup with number one Arizona after that. Uh, we'll have some baseball coverage leading into that Baylor series. And then, as Ward mentioned, spring practice is coming fast. So we'll start previewing that as well. Steven, as always, thanks so much. Have a great day. All right. Thanks, fellas. Be safe in Fort Worth.